Welcome back, X's and T podcast fans. You guys, we're back at it again. We got Worldwide Dream Builders and Amway. You know, I never get tired of this topic and I genuinely enjoy talking about it because I think it's important to continue spreading awareness about these two entities that are, how did my dad put it? Predatory enterprises. I love that he said that. Uh, but so again, when we talk about Worldwide, we talk about, you know, URL to D. Any of the Amway lines of affiliation, Amway itself, I do have to always give my disclaimer. I'm not here to defame anybody. My guests are never here to defame anybody. You know, it's it's really important to share a story. We're speaking on personal opinions, personal experiences. You know, most things that we talk about, if it's something that, you know, we're, we're discussing, it's all alleged. It's all our, you know, it's us alleging these things because that's what we have witnessed or what we've been told. So don't sue me, okay? Please don't. Now, if you want to join Worldwide and or any of the other lines of affiliation or any MLM for that matter, or Amway, please do. You're an adult. You can make your own decisions. I'm not here to stop you, but I would encourage you to listen to these stories. And if you still want to go, please proceed with caution. With that being said, I'm really excited, you guys. We have yet another Canadian guest, but this one's from, she's from the, the uh, West Coast of Canada. So I'm really excited. We have, so I'm just going to practice this. All the names have been changed, including my guest. So we're going to call her Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. So how how did you find this podcast? So I was actually looking up Amway and Worldwide Dream Builders just about a couple months ago because I just wanted to kind of see what was out there in terms of the negative of it. And this is actually the podcast that came up. It was the top of the list. And there was a ton of different podcasts and stories and everything. And I was just, so I pressed play on one of them. And then I was just instantly hooked because there were so many good stories. And it just brought me back to the days that I was in Amway. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, that's pretty cool. I've never... I didn't realize where I stood on this whole Amway thing on the podcast site. So that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, and hearing the stories too, it's, it's, it hits different when it's somebody who's, who's gone through it. And um, I'm really grateful for, for you and for every other guest that we've had here. And I know it can be challenging to share these stories. So for you and for everybody who's been brave and, and come and talked on here and shared their story, or even if you came and spoke to me and you didn't want to share your story publicly, like, Hey, I, I so appreciate you guys. So what do you think is your biggest inspiration for wanting to share your story? I think the biggest inspiration is to even just let, you know, if I change one person's life and let them know like, hey, you can save a lot of time and a lot of money by not doing this business and listening to other people's experiences like myself and maybe decide, oh, maybe I won't go ahead and do this. Just trying to spread awareness and, you know, everybody can make their own choice, of course, but if I can share my experience and maybe change one person's mind to not go ahead with the business, then uh, I, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's awesome. And I, again, we really, really appreciate it. Amway, Worldwide Dream Builders. How did you get kind of wrapped up in Worldwide and Amway the same way the rest of us did? Yeah, so it was kind of in the beginning of 2018, I guess around April of 2018. And so I was working at an accounting firm. I was going to school for my CPA designation. And my husband was also working at the hospital and going to school for taking some classes. And then he he also worked part-time at a grocery store. And that's where our upline, Derek, he went and started talking to my husband. <laughs> and 
they talked for about an hour and then Derek ended up dropping the message on my husband. And, you know, from there on, he, my husband texted me and was like, Hey, this guy came and talked to me in, in the cat food aisle. And we were talking about like cat food. And then we were talking about the weather. And then we were talking about like, you know, what would you want to do with your life? If you had all this time and money, all these weird questions that nobody had ever asked me. I was like, Oh, okay. That's weird. But I was definitely intrigued, but I was also skeptical. So I was like, Okay, that's really random. And then he's like, yeah, like he wants to sit down with us and have coffee. And I was like, okay, what are we going to talk about? And he's like, well, all he said is that we're going to talk about the weather. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then he also was like, yeah. And then we'll also talk about like some sort of freedom or I, I can't remember the exact words. It was so, it was 2018, right? But it was enough to intrigue me. <laughs> okay. To yeah. sit down with them. So that was kind of how we like got. That was the first exposure to this whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that he quite, the, the, your, 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 who would become your sponsor, this guy, Derek, he, he quite literally used the environment to strike up a conversation, cat yeah. food, right? Yeah. Like who normally would be like, so, uh, cat food, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, and that's how they are though. That's what we're taught, right? Form. And yeah. uh, what was that? So form, uh, family, occupation, recreation, message or motivation or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And it's like, he quite literally found a reason to talk to your husband. Like yeah. it's wild to me, but it really does check out for, you know, worldwide and, and what they mm. preach. So you're going through I would imagine what would have been the process. Yes. And back then, I know that the process, I, I, you know, the process is very similar today as it was back then. But were you given a book? And what did your guys's process look like from the first time you sat down to maybe the first board plan you saw? Yeah. So we did about, I think it was probably like six or seven meetings until we found out that it was Amway. So like it took no quite way. a while. Yeah, it was a lot. So the first meeting was I swear our first meet and greet one, they called it, was two and a half hours. So we met at a Tim Hortons, which is the the most well-known Canadian coffee shop. And uh, so we sat there and I was talking to Derek's husband, Irene, and, you know, we were all just chatting and like, we really got along quite well. That's kind of like what intrigued both of us to like keep meeting with them. They were really kind and really like just asked a lot of questions and things like that. And then they started showing us, no, they started talking about like, oh, what are your dream goals? Like not like, what are your goals? What are your dream goals? What would you do if you had unlimited time and money? And we're like, oh, well, we've never been asked that question before because it's just never been something that we had the opportunity to answer. Yeah. And so like that got us like super intrigued and then we were all fired up and then they were like they sh they talked about like the quadrants, the cash flow quadrant and then they gave us the book. So that was the first meeting. And then the second meeting we met like a week after. We talked about the book and we went deeper into like something about a pipeline, like building your pipeline and um instead of like carrying buckets back and forth, you build a pipeline and it's yeah, you know the story. <laughs> Everybody knows yeah, the yeah. story. And then, so we did that meeting. And then the third meeting, they introduced us to another book called Business of the 21st Century. So it went more into like network marketing and uh, how that all works, like different ways to get onto the the right side of the quadrant, whatever, the big business. And then we did another meeting just to talk about our dream goals, like a full meeting just to talk about our dream goals. So I was like, what is this? Like, And the whole time I would leave, we would leave the meeting and I'd be like to my husband, what is this? Like, what are we actually doing? Like we were intrigued, but we were also like, every time we left, we're like, huh? 
Like, what are we yeah. doing? But we were still intrigued. So we kept going. And then they finally, I think in the fifth or sixth meeting, they finally did the show the plan. So they dropped the Amway bomb and they were like, hey, it's this is Amway. And we, had ne- we hadn't heard of it before. So in their eyes, they're probably like, woo, fresh meat, <laughs> right? Right, like, right. Typically when people already have heard of it, it's not a great experience nine times out of 10. So they were probably super stoked. Um, and then after that, I think we were then, we went to our first board plan and it was in like this tiny little hotel room. Uh, like it was hot as hell. Like it was summer. There was no AC. Like there was tons of people just crammed into this room. And I'm like, this is really different, but okay, whatever. I'll just, I'll skull with it. But then the one thing I remember from that board plan that really fired me up was the the speaker um, and her name in this case is Ella. So Paul and Ella were sa- current Sapphires when we started. And Ella was about five years retired because of the business. And that was like, she's like, I'm five years retired or whatever. And I was like, whoa, I want to be like that. So that was like the thing that I like kept holding on to. I was like, oh my gosh, this could be me. This could be us. So it was, and the whole time I was like in the back of my head, I was like, what are we doing? But then I was like, no, just, just go with it. Like the something something's here it, there's something here so that's why I just kept we kept going you know it's that yeah, thing like yeah. they have a hold on something they always find like the the sore point in your life and they grab onto it and they flail it in front of your face and it's like hey it's right here you just got to grab it it's just right here but you just got to keep going for it so that that's how we were intrigued for so long <laughs> yeah and w- when we had spoken before I remember that you had mentioned that you were almost afraid to ask what it was because you were afraid that, that it was somehow going to negatively impact this process yeah yeah I was like super afraid because I felt like I was in like this interview thing and if I had said the wrong thing that we would be like kicked out or whatever so I was like oh I, I can't ask what it is but I really really want to know what it is but I'm just gonna wait and my husband and I were just like, yeah, we're, we're just going to wait and figure it out. But we really want to know what it is. But yeah, I was I was scared to ask because I felt like I was going to get like kicked out or something. It was just an odd feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. They, yeah. And they make you feel like that, too. I definitely can remember having the question. But then also, right, like if I ask the wrong question, something is going to go negatively here. And now looking back, like that is a huge red flag that they they do it in a way that is very it's like toxic positivity like mm. it's just they're so manipulative but they do it so so calculated oh yeah. so you find out it's amway did you guys do any like online research when you when you've heard that it was amway and worldwide and did you ever bring those concerns that you may have had up to your upline so it was funny actually so when we first were going through the process i was way more fired up than my husband was at the beginning and it's funny because at the end before we got out it was the complete opposite. I was just checked out. But at the beginning, I so I did a tiny bit of research and I saw a lot of negative. But for me, I was like so in the zone. I was like under a spell or something. I saw this negative stuff and I was like, nope, it's it's just what I, it's just an opinion. But my husband, like he sent me all like links, like 10 links a day. He's like, what is this? What is this? Check this out. Oh my gosh. What is this? What is this? And I'm like, no, I'll just leave it. So we like, we would fight about it. And it's like, no, it's fine. Like that's just somebody's opinion. So he did a lot of research and found a lot of stuff. And you know, if I had just 
thought about it more, maybe we wouldn't have gone into the business, but unfortunately here we are <laughs> having yeah. been in the business two and a half years later, but that's okay. Um, yeah. yes. So we did do research. He did a lot. I did very little. It didn't change <laughs> us from launching. Yeah. I mean, hey, I've I've been there. I remember when yeah. I I before I had even sat down with who would become my platinums, I I find my sponsor was very hesitant to give me a name. And he gave me the club owner's name, first and last name. And he's like, Oh, but you won't find anything about him. Sir, I will find out. Okay. I am the <laughs> queen of finding shit out. Okay. I am the friend that people go to if they're dating to find out if this person has a criminal history, even if they're from a different state. So watch out. But yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> You've got you know, the resources. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like I find shit out. And it's like, okay, so I found this guy and 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 everything that he had said kind of checked out. He did own a club and in Portland. And and my brother had kind of, you know, rubbed elbows with him at some point because he went to his club. Not that they knew each other on like a first name basis or even a last name basis or like any basis at all. But like uh, this person was somebody who was from my community who did have a level of status. Worldwide has since done a fantastic job, like trying to quote scrub the internet, or at least when you look these people up, the first thing you find now is their websites. If they're, you know, even Emerald, some Emeralds have websites, but the first thing that comes up isn't Reddit anymore, which used to be, yeah. but yeah, it, I can see, you know, I've been there too, where it's like it, it, you, they do a good job too, though, of being like, Hey, this is just negative. Like go to walmart.com. I remember, uh, oh. Gary, the the um crown's brother yeah. he would in his speeches say look up mother Teresa." Look oh up yeah walmart like go through their reviews there you still go there and it's you know th but they groom you into that so mm -hmm. i feel you oh so uh many times like oh yeah if you look up anything is bad like peanut butter is bad uh sandwiches are bad you're gonna find both positive and negative and i'm like come on now let's come on now <laughs> yeah oh yeah they, they it's, it's funny now kind of looking back at the examples that they would use oh. but you're now so you're excited and you're fired up and and yeah. your husband's a little, a little you know concerned about this but still probably being supportive so yeah. you guys launch into business what does your your honeymoon phase look like like what did that first year in business look like for you guys and what were the expectations set upon you so the first, so we launched and so we started the process April, 2018. And I think we launched about July, just beginning of July of 2018. So that was right before the first major function, which was family reunion. And um, they were just like, we weren't going to go. Cause we we're like, Oh, like, no, like that's too much. Mo or, no, I think the first function was free, but we we're just like, Oh, like that's, that's important. Like that's, that's a big expense, blah, blah, blah. Like we were just coming up with reasons not to go. But then I was like, they kept selling us on it. Like, no, you got to go. If you don't go, it sets you back six months in the business. And we're like, oh, what does that mean? Like we were, you know, we were kind of going based out of like fear, but I was super excited, but I was also like, didn't know if I wanted to commit to that major function. But the the crappy thing was like, my mom had bought tickets to go to this play with like a, a group of uh, the family members and she had got me a ticket and it was the same weekend as the major function and I originally had said yeah mom I'll go no worries and then I was like oh hey mom like I'm actually gonna go to this thing and sorry I can't make it and she spent like 70 bucks or something on this ticket and so like I had to just I basically got into a big fight with her like oh this is this is a big thing like it means a lot to me you can't so I kind of like created this bad relationship with my mom in that in the beginning part of it because I was just like putting that 
putting the business in front of family in front of friends all that stuff which was really crappy when I think back to it so I'm very sorry mom for that (laughs) but yeah so that was the so we went to the first major function and I just remember like when we got in there I was like whoa like what is this like I was super fired up it was just like this insane thing I have never been a part of and it was like surreal like I couldn't I couldn't grasp what was going on Like it felt fake because everyone was so happy and just like excited on life. And they were just like high on life. And I was like, what is going on here? But I was so excited. Like it really just fired me up. And so my husband got super fired up too, you know, and fired up. That's like another word that we used a lot in the business. I don't know if you did, but like, oh my gosh, the amount of times that word came up. I, yeah, I don't want to ever hear it again, (laughs) unless we're talking in this context. (laughs) Um, And then after we got back super fired up. So then we... There were like two or three meetings a week that we were kind of supposed to go to. One was for like the team building. One was for uh, the the platinum team building. And then another was just for like our small group. So already we were like three meetings a week, like minimum, just for like team building and training. What did we learn in the training? I could not tell you. Like it was just a lot of like motivational quotes being thrown back and forth. Yeah, it was like when I look back, it's like, what did I actually learn in concrete? Like these are the things I can take and go and apply it. Like not much. How to ask some high quality questions. Like basically if you want to go out to the movies, you can do that, but make sure you drop the message on somebody and make it worthwhile. Like always make sure whatever you're doing, it's benefiting your business. So that's kind of like the... But again, we're still fired up because we're like, freedom, freedom. That's what we're going for. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, in terms of like, I guess, PV for us, they were like, because our budget was pretty good. We were always good with our money and stuff. And we went through a budget meeting with them. And they're like, oh, well, you can definitely do 300 PV, no problem. And then like me, the accountant, I'm sitting there like, okay, 300 PV, that's over. That's almost $1,000 Canadian. Um spending on products which I don't currently spend right now on products like I don't like it's just it's not it didn't compute they're like oh you're just switching your spending from you know this grocery store to your own store but it's like okay but I can't buy produce or anything from my store so and that's what I typically buy at the store I don't buy $500 worth of vitamins like (laughs) so that exactly yeah that did not compute very well with me that that pissed me off a bit, but like, it was still, it was not enough for me to be like, okay, I'm out. I was just like, okay, you know what? It just is what it is, whatever. So that, it pissed me off, but I was like, that's fine. It's not going to deter me. Um, and then I think the minimum retail was 50 retail that they started teaching, but they were like, yeah, 50 retail, but don't spend too much time on that because like, it's not, it's not what we're here to do. We're here to like build connections and really like build your business and not worry about just get like your minimum retail and stuff. And I'm like, okay, like, first of all, I hated selling anything. I hated talking to people. So like the actual like act of building this business was something I absolutely hated. But what carried me through was like, oh, if I just do this, I'm going to have freedom. Right, like, right. It's just embarrassing and, to think about now. Yeah, but it's true. Like they they painted this picture in your head that at the time seemed so tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to this family reunion really fast because yeah. one thing that that I 
hadn't really considered being that I was in Portland and and realistically the furthest I was going to go for a function was to Spokane. That's a six hour drive. But yeah. for you guys, and, and hope is kind of the one who opened my eyes to this. And it's like, it's a process for you guys. You have to have a passport. You guys yeah. have to go through customs. Like it's a lot more expensive for you guys to travel yeah. all the way to Portland. Like I could totally see why you would be like hesitant because I mean, would you have ever gone to Portland on any other occasion? Like, honestly, I mean, Portland's no. great, but like, yeah, for sure. I just have, it's not on my list. <laughs> right. Right. Places I want to go. Yeah. Wow. So was, was all, you guys didn't always go to Portland though for family reasons union right it eventually moved no I think it was always in Portland other than when COVID hit and then it was obviously online but I'm pretty sure it was always in from what I remember it was always in Portland because I know we went to Portland three times which was really yeah it was annoying (laughs) right were all of your functions in Portland or was it just family reunion FED was definitely in I think it was also in Portland too, if I can remember. And then what was it? Spring leadership was in Vancouver for us. So that was just a ferry ride away because we're on an island, Vancouver Island. And then what was the other one? Dream night was either, there was quite a few different places to go for dream night. There was one in Vancouver, I think. And the first year, I think we went to the States for it, but it was like a one night thing. So it was like such a commute for like a one nighter. Anyways, I just remember it being like grossly expensive for all of those functions. And I was just like, not excited about that. Right. That's expensive. Like there's just, like I said, there's just so much more for the Canadian market when you guys have functions that are here in the U S and it's just like, that's so challenging, like to do that Mm -hmm. to your people like that's so like they could have easily created these functions to be more accessible for you guys but very clearly they have a system and they were not accommodating like I remember some of the other Canadian folks that I've spoken to as well like like yeah we had to go to Portland or we had to go to a different U.S. state to go because of who their diamonds were and Mm -hmm. uh your diamonds what's funny is I actually I think we talked about this I have a picture of me with your online diamond yeah the the (laughs) so funny so we're gonna call them Dylan and Samantha but let Mm -hmm. me tell you guys you'll know exactly who the, this couple is they are the the husband we're talking about this just beforehand is really well known for making very racist remarks mostly to himself or to the club owner, they would make the joke that they were the old, that that uh, the club owner and his wife were the uh, new and improved version of them because mm. the husband was, of course, Asian. I think he was Chinese. And yeah. then his wife was white or, you know, Canadian. Yeah. And um, same with kind of Matt and Riley, you know, he was Vietnamese and, and she was white. So again, kind of making that comparison. If you guys know, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, but did like it's just crazy to think that again they made you go to a whole different freaking country for your like if they made me go to Canada absolutely not yeah. I'd be like eh, there's no way like I it, it's it's just not accessible yeah um but it kind of it, and you guys were were honoring the partnership it sounds like doing the the PV and and mm-hmm. really just do the thing did mm-hmm. you guys build a pretty substantial downline we did actually we were like very active we were very core like whatever 10 steps to core what i don't remember what they are now but <laughs> something stupid i can tell you that much right now um you know sending kate's uh 
reading um, 15 minutes of a book and specifically a book that's about mindset or like something to improve yourself. Never a novel. I love reading, but I hate reading mindset books. Like they're so boring to me. Like I love a good novel. Give me a novel and I'll read it all day. Anyway, so we had to do that and then listen to a podcast for however long and um, drop the message like X amount of times a day, like, or make contacts is what they said. So like get a contact in your phone and follow up and then set up meet and greets. And I don't remember what the other steps were, but yeah, we were pretty active. And then like, we were getting a lot of meetings in and we were having a lot of meetings, putting them through the process. We did launch somebody like our first month into business. So like our upline, were just super excited about us because they're like, woo, we're going to benefit so much from these people. <laughs> right. That's what right. they're thinking. <laughs> and then I think, I think we launched like probably three people in our first uh, four or five months. So like that was pretty good in their eyes, I guess. I don't know if that's good or not, but yeah. So we really, we were just so active. And then we probably in total launched about 18 people in the time that we were in the business, but we were never an, like an Eagle ship, which is the six people, because at any given time, we only had maybe five or less that were fully like in it, uh, doing core, all that stuff. But yes, we did, we were active and we were doing the thing, but like at the same time, it felt like we weren't getting anywhere, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. They, they would use the term built business building legs. Yeah. That was a, a fun one. Cause then, cause you're right. If anybody was not doing core, all 10 steps of core, which is so funny. Cause I remember the stupid steps of core. Oh. Um, but one of them was, was do your PV, you know, and, oh, yeah. and there were some times where people just couldn't. So that would really prevent a lot of people from having that Eagle ship. Cause sure you have 12 people, but if one or six, or I'm sorry, six people and yeah. you're with, but that, if that one person is not able to meet their minimum PV amount, your Eagle ship does not count. Like it's not a yeah. thing, which is so dumb, but you know, it's their dumb rules. Yep, um, exactly. So <laughs> when did you start to kind of see some red flags and what were they? Like, how did you kind of, how did you convince yourself to stay after you were noticing those red flags? Yeah. So I think like the biggest turning point for me was about, I remember it like so vividly about a year into like from launching. So it was about like the summer of 2019, I guess we had put, or we had set up like eight to 10 meetings for in one week with potential prospects. And I'm not even kidding you, all of them canceled except for one. And then that one person did the meeting and then they ghosted us or whatever. I was like, oh my God, we put in so much effort and work into this and nothing came of it. Like we had eight meetings set up. We have to do this for the rest of our lives to get to build this business. Like this is nearly impossible. I know it's not impossible because I know people have done it. I get it. <laughs> but it's almost impossible to succeed in that business. Like the chances are just so slim because of the amount of people that you have to talk to and put through the process. And then the people who launch into your business don't even stay. Like a third of them stay. And then a third of them only stay long. Like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh, that was like the biggest turnoff for me. Like the biggest turning point. I was like, wow, I could be spending my time doing anything else productive other than this. So that's where it kind of was like, 
Wow. So after a year and then kind of like the red flags were like consistently having to consult with your upline about absolutely everything. And then if you don't, or if you like kind of kept something from them and then they found out about it, they would be like disappointed in you. And then if it didn't benefit your business, like, oh, hey, I'm going to go see a movie tonight. Uh, And then they'd be like, oh, okay, well, you know, like obviously just make sure you go and like have a conversation and really like think about your business. And it's like, no, I just want to go see a movie and not think about my business because it causes me stress and anxiety. And I'm a full on introvert and I hate talking to people like so yeah that was like having to consult with your upline and then not allowed I mean not allowed is a strong word but I guess just like not allowed being not being allowed to take vacation or like go on a holiday without feeling like you're a bad person right like we would still go on like little trips here and there but we would always have to like consult with our upline and be like hey we're gonna go on this little trip like what do you think like okay well we have to figure out like if it overlaps with any functions and everything and I'm like are you kidding me like you don't own me that's where I was kind of like I'm my own person I'm an adult why do you get a say in what I'm doing so that kind of pissed me off and then just like the amount of money people were spending on products every month was just so unrealistic like it started at 300 pv but every month it just seemed like oh yeah now we're striving for 400 pv you know 300 pv is for a single and then like minimum 500 pv for a couple and i'm doing the math here like i'm an accountant so i always think about money i'm always got my spreadsheets going i was always doing the calculations like 1500 dollars. okay so people like our upline wants us to spend $1,500 now on products. Are you freaking kidding me? And then we have to teach that to somebody who works at a grocery store making minimum wage to spend $1,500 or whatever, $1,000 on products that they're probably not going to use because who spends $1,000 on products ever that are not like really, really, it's not groceries. It's protein bars and chips and vitamins. So you're not going to like in a real world, you're not spending $1,000 on that. So it just, it wasn't realistic. And then just like another red flag was just always having to like snip people from your lives. I remember there was a podcast about, you know, the big crown guy. He was like, snip, you just got to snip these people because they don't believe in you or they don't, they don't understand the business like you. And if they don't support you, just snip them out of your lives. And it's just easier to build the business. Like, okay, well, if that's the case, I would have had to snip absolutely everybody. I would have had no friends because nobody really like, because you talk to your friends about this and nobody gets it really right right so I would have had no friends and my fam- I wouldn't have no family so it's like why would I want to snip everybody out of my life like my family has helped has supported me growing up like why would I do that to them why would I do that to my friends so like just so many like chanting at the at the uh functions like the major functions you know freedom all that stuff and when you're there you're like you're so in it but then when you like take a like a bird's eye view and look back and you're like holy crap that was a cult (laughs) like that's a full-on cult like nobody just sits there go like chanting like freedom you're gonna be free (laughs) yeah it's wild like and and kind of going back to your point with with how much money people are spending, yeah. I think before as well, you had mentioned that it was possible that your upline were spent were were buying a thousand PV. Yes, absolutely. So near the end of our time in the business, probably like six months until we quit, uh, I remember them being like, because they were like just kissing platinum each month, right? Like they were like almost there, almost there. So they were really like pushing their own spending on the products and they got to like, you know, a thousand PV. Now I I think maybe like a hundred of that was retail. 
right? Like they would sell to their whatever. But so 900 PV. So it's like $3,000 a month that they're spending on. What are they spending it on? Like, I I don't, I couldn't even tell you. And how are they using that much product in a month? Like you obviously have like a store in your garage. If you're spending that much money, you can't consume all that in one month. It was just so unrealistic. And I remember my upline, um, let me just get her name here, Irene. Uh, I was having a meeting with her because we would have like one-on-one meetings and stuff. And she was just like, oh yeah, so let's think about maybe like increasing your PV and stuff. And I'm like, no, we're already doing, I think we were doing like 350 or something like that at the time, which was way too much in my opinion, maybe even 400. I was like, no, we're already doing this amount. Like we have a mortgage, we have all these other bills. Like we're trying to save for certain things. No. And she just like kept pushing like, oh, well, don't worry. Like one day you'll actually, you'll get there. Like, don't worry. I'm like, no, I won't. Like, I'm never going to do that. That is not financially feasible. And I'm never going to teach that to somebody that they need to spend $3,000 a month on products. That is an absolute no. Like that right there was like such a turning point for me. Like I was, after I had that meeting with her, I just remember I was just fully pissed off and I was fully checked out. I'm like, what did I've wasted two years of my life in this business now? But you know what? I try and just look back and think about like, what can I, what can I positively take away from this? Like, I'm happy that I can positively take away that I've been exposed to something like this. And now I can, I can see it if it comes up again and I can figure out, oh, this is probably an MLM. This is a cult. I should not, I should go the other way type thing. Yeah. Wow. So spending $3,000 like let's like, <laughs> say they were even yeah. as a platinum from That's the family up. side of things they're not even there's there's no way that they're making that back there's no way that they're at no. least breaking even there's no way because no. it's 25% right I think 25% is the percentage that they get back on the the money right yeah. so if you're doing like I cannot imagine that they are actually making a profit no. And it's just, I just don't get that. I really, really don't understand. Funny because they were like, oh yeah, like make sure you claim your business expenses on your tax return because we always get a really big refund. And it's like they were trying, it's like they didn't understand that I was an accountant, first of all, because it's like you realize if you're getting a refund, your business is in a loss. If you have, yes, right. inc- if you're paying, if you make money, you're paying income tax, you're not getting a refund. So if you as almost a platinum are running a loss every year or sorry, are receiving a refund every year. Your business is in a loss. You're not making money. So you've just told me point blank that you're not making money. (laughs) So I was like, and they tell people that all the time. Like, yeah, you'll get a big refund on your return. That's because they're spending more than they're making. That's, that's it. Like that's the, that's the reason. So if anyone's listening and they think, Oh, I'd love to get a big refund. It's just because you're spending more than you're making. That's the only reason why. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fall for that crap. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Especially for people who like, I, I know that I'm sure the tax system is, is a little bit different from Canada versus the U S Sure. Yeah. but it's like there, I mean, I know that there's like tax benefits for having children and stuff, but if you are a yeah. person without kids and like you had said like this, that's totally true here too. Like the, the way that they spin this is that it's a great thing. So even if they're spending $3,000 a month on products, like, I I would imagine that even if they got like $5,000 from Amway every month, 3,000 of that is going to Amway. 
-hmm. It's going right back to Amway. And that's what that leaves you $2,000 if we're running on just like a whole number here. Yeah, that's the money that you have for your rent. And if you're from any of these larger cities from like Portland, LA, at least speaking to the US, like that's your rent money right there because they Mm -hmm. always say, don't buy a house, don't have a death grip on mortgage. Oh my God. The football guy would say that. Yes. So it's like, how are you actually making a profit here? You have nothing left over at all. Yeah. So it's like, uh, and that's cool that you're an accountant and kind of have that perspective yeah because I I know that I mean I'm not good with numbers money is like I didn't learn how to start saving money and being good with money until after I left worldwide my dad is is great with with helping me he's not by any means like an accountant but like there's just another person who actually has a vested interest in me who cares you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's like it and when I was in the business I never really considered that I I had always just kind of been kind of like you blinded by this, this vision. Yeah. Um, But those are really big, big red flags. When you guys were in and when did you realize it was a toxic organization? Like, did you guys ever have any, did you have experience kind of like a lot of other people did? Uh, Maybe it was part of being a couple or just being a woman in general, but did you feel the impact of the misogyny that was pushed down from upline? Oh my God, absolutely. Like the biggest thing I remember was when my upline, Irene, um, she was saying, you know, we were dream building and she was like, we were with, I was with her downline. So my cross line and we were, it was about five of us girls. We were dream or yeah, dream building. And Irene was like, oh, what were, what would you guys do when you get to like a certain, like a Ruby level where like, you know, you can retire and stuff. And I was like, well, my husband would retire first because I make more money at my job. So that financially makes sense to me. Like that was my answer. And she's like, oh no, like you, like you would obviously retire first. Like you're the woman in the relationship. Like you get to go first. I'm like, what does that mean? Excuse me? Like, are you, are you in the 1950s? Like this is not, these are different times. Like I would stay and I would probably continue to work until, you know, like I would have never, if we ever got, became Ruby, I would have never retired at that. Like, I just like financially for me, like that wouldn't have made sense. But yeah, so that was one of the big things. And then they kept saying like, oh, yeah, like the woman always goes first. Like, why? Why does that? Because because they take care of the house. They take care of the kids. They take they do the food and all that. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? My husband is like, if he could be a stay at home dad, he would like he loves just like he wants to be a stay-at-home dad. That is his goal in life. And for me, that's not my goal in life. And I'm okay with that. And we're happy with our goals. But they made us feel like that was not the right thing. And that absolutely pissed me off because it was so old-fashioned. And it was just like, you know, even when they go on stage and it's a it's a male and a female, they're going up there. It's like, you can just tell like the male has that dominance there. And like the woman is speaking in a way that, oh, you have to like respect your husband. And you know, the husband has this role and that I'm here. I'm support my husband. It's like, screw that. I'm like, I'm here. I'm doing the work too. Like we're supporting each other. It's not, it's not like the man is the, the man of the house anymore. Like, so yeah, the misogyny was real. It was there. And it, so pissed me off because everyone was falling for it everyone in there in my cross line like everyone everyone was falling for it and I'm like why like what is the point of that be your own person if if you want to keep working if you like if you want to be the breadwinner be the breadwinner like if I don't know yeah it's bad 
very bad. <laughs> You're not wrong. I think yeah. that, you know, whatever two consenting adults make decision wise for themselves, as long as it's not hurting other people. I mean, Hey, like you do you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. stay at home dad. Like they, what's so funny is how they could possibly think that's a bad thing. Because yeah. if you think about it, they're always praising like this, this idea of men and their dominance and, and their strength, quote unquote, and, and how they're influencing the children. Like you would imagine that they should be okay with that idea that mm -hmm. their child is being influenced by this strong male figure in their life, which I'm not a person who buys into that belief either, but yeah. it's just interesting the way that they kind of justified a lot of these things. Totally. Um, so yeah, it's, it's so toxic. Oh, so it's bad. when, when did you guys decide, you know, like we're, we're done here. Like I, I don't want to do this anymore. And what really led to that decision? Yeah. So I, I think I mentioned before, but about six months before we left, I was kind of just mentally checked out. It was kind of after I had like that meeting with my upline, Irene, and about like the PV thing and just all these things, like the things that fired me up at the beginning were now pissing me off. Like the functions, these, the meetings, I swear, like three months before we left, there was a meeting every single night of the week because it was all COVID, right? So like everything was Zoom. So it was so much easier to get people together because all they'd have to do is open their computers and just get online, open a Zoom link. Great. That's fine. But it's like when it's every single night and then on top of that, you're expected to do meet and greets and then get out and somehow meet people or like meet people online. Like it was just such a, like there was just so much time that was being put into it. And it was every single night and every single meeting we had, it was the same thing over and over again. They would just repeat themselves over and over. And I'm like, I would leave a meeting and be like, well, that was the exact same thing I just heard last night. I've learned nothing from that. I feel worse going to that meeting. Like I've wasted an hour of my time. I could have done, read a book. I could have done anything else but this. <laughs> so I mentally was gone. I was checking out. I was pretending to do core. I would like send a Kate once a week, maybe just be like, Hey, I'm here. Bye. Like I would literally send that at the end of it. Cause yeah. I was just so done. And then my husband was really into it at the, like, so like I said, at the beginning, I was super into it and he wasn't. And then it kind of flipped the switch like halfway through. And then he was really into it. And I kind of like was pulling back. So he was still going hard. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm just going to like, let him do his thing. I'm not going to tell him that, you know, he can't do it or anything. He's his own person. So I'm just going to kind of let it, let the chips fall where they may. So like after about three months, which is when we pretty much started to be like, to quit, he called me. He was like somewhere else and he FaceTimed me. He's like, Hey, so I don't think I want to do the business anymore. And inside, I was like, Halla freaking Luya. But on the outside, I was like, Oh, you know what? I kind of feel that way too. And he's like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, that's fair. <laughs> right so, right and then like I was so excited I was like it's like a 50 pound weight was lifted off of my shoulders when he called me because I was like I knew that okay he's fully checked out too like we can finally move on from this and then I instantly texted my upline Irene I was like hey can we can we have a zoom meeting like in the next couple of days it's important <laughs> and that's all I said and then she was like she called me right away and I didn't answer it <laughs> I'm like I'm not talking to you I don't like to talk to people <laughs> And then right. she texted me back. She's like, well, call me now. Like, what's up? And I was like, okay, if you want to know. So I texted her. I was like, so basically like we're out <laughs> in text. <Right. laughs> 
<laughs> it was so funny. funny. It felt so good. It was like a nice slap in the face to her. Um, not to be rude or anything, but yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> and then we did end up having like a Zoom meeting on the weekend. And I was I was respectful enough. I was just like, hey, look, like I'm just I'm not in it to win it. I'm not interested in doing what it takes to build this business. Like I get that you can build the business, but I'm not, I can't do it. Like I'm not interested in doing it. It gives me anxiety. I go out now and I can't even, I'm so scared to go out because I know that I'm supposed to go and talk to people. So like, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but you know how people look forward to their weekends? Yeah. I, I absolutely dreaded the weekend because I knew that that was the time where we had to go out and build our business. So it was like Friday night. I was like, the anxiety was building. I was like, crap, we have two full days of just like going out and about. And what does that even mean going out and about? Like, I freaking hated that. Like what you go into a store, we'd go into stores and just like try and make the most awkward conversation with like the teller or like the store clerk that's like in the aisles. Like I was so bad at it. They're like, oh yeah, just compliment them on their shoes or on their hair. It's like, that's just not something I would do on a normal basis. And now you're making me do this awkward thing. And then where do you, where do you go from there? Like every, like every encounter I had when I was in the business, I was so anxious. Like I just, it was, it was horrible. So my husband was really good at dropping the message. He got most of the contacts, like he set up most of the meetings and I just like, yeah, I hated it. I was so bad at it. And, but I was like, I want to build the business because I want the freedom. That's the only thing that kept me in, right? After seeing so many people like in our, our uplines, like cross line or uplines downline, I guess our cross line, like they they were in it for so much longer than we were. And they like, weren't even Eagle yet. And they weren't like doing much, like they, they were just kind of stagnant, but they were, they were having all these meetings, but like nothing was happening. So I'm like, you know what? I don't think this really works. Like, I think it works for like very select few people, but I really don't think it works for many people. And I, I don't want to live my life like this anymore. So like I had yeah. to get the hell out. Yeah. You're not wrong. And and that's yeah. true. You know, my upline, most, most of them are still around. My sponsor is still in the business. And I love to say this every episode, but I like hate him. He's a horrible yeah. person. He was <laughs> very abusive to his now ex-wife. He was abusive to his downline. He would just refer to me. This is my downline. He would never say, this is my friend. This is, mm-hmm. this is somebody that like, he, he was very derogatory and, you know, I, like he derailed so much of my life. So I have so much hatred for him. And I know hate's like a really strong word, but like, I really despise him and, and he's never been an Eagle and he's going on seven years oh. and his sponsor, which is now, uh, I refer to them as Jenny and Craig. They had continue they had to rebuild their eagle ship three times just while i was in like i don't they haven't gone platinum all this information is public like if like the amway achievers magazine it's like you can look people's names up and people who have gone platinum you can find that they've Mm -hmm. never done that like and then the people who did go platinums who were just eagle when i launched three years later you know they did end up going platinum which is great and i think they went ruby they are very manipulative people, which really sucks to say, because I wanted to think that they were great. Yeah. But they're still not diamond yet. Like, why am I supposed to listen to these people that are not any more successful now than they were when I first joined? And my dad said really well in, in the episode that I just released with him, he said, how am I supposed to trust somebody who has a worse car than I do, or whose, you know, significant other is bringing them to work? 
-hmm. and they're broke. And in six months, they're worse off than when they first talked to me. How am I supposed to trust somebody like that? And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. Like it sucks, but you're right. There's so few people who actually make it. And you guys left, which is awesome. I was so happy. (laughs) Like every day I would wake up and I was so excited for life. I was like, holy crap, I can do anything. Like I can go to a movie and not feel bad about it. I can go to dinner and not have to make this useless conversation with the waitress who obviously does not want to really talk. She's just there to like, you know, do her job. She's not there to get prospected. Like, oh, life just changed so much for the better. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to go back to, sorry, I just want to go back to that one point about, um, how you said, uh, oh, now I've forgotten it. <laughs> okay, no, it's it's forgotten. Let's let's move on. If I remember, hey, if I'll... you remember, <laughs> yeah, just let me know. Um, yeah. but now that you're out of the business and and being somebody who is an accountant, somebody who knows money really well, did yeah. the money ever make sense to you? Now that you're kind of looking back and and maybe even before you kind of know what you know now, what did like what was that perspective kind of looking back? Yeah, it it never really made sense as to how much they were making. Like it, they always seemed, they always portrayed that they were making more than they were, I think. I think that's yeah. what it was. And like the sources that they were making it from was also like not very obvious. Like they were just like, yeah, it's just coming from Amway. It's like, no, no. Cause if you actually look into it, like it's coming from uh worldwide dream builders, like having a stake in that it's coming from the products that your downline bought or not the products, but like the books or like the, whatever they're buying from worldwide. And then they get a percentage of that. Like those things were not clearly laid out to us. And that feels very deceitful to me. Like, oh, you're literally making the reason you want me to sign up for this freaking premier membership is so you can make a percentage off of this. Like that was not clear to me. And that just is very slimy in my opinion when it's not written out like, hey, I make a percentage off of that. If you, if they had told us like, hey, I make a percentage off of this, I would have still been like, okay, but that at least it would have been transparent and it wouldn't have been a lie. Right. So yeah, the money just never, it just never added up in my opinion. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you've listened to this episode or not, but I'd highly recommend um, everybody listen. So there's a podcast. It's called Life After MLM with Roberta yes. Blevins. Yes. There, Am- her Amway's, Amway Tools business episode where she has the historian on there to talk about it yeah. is amazing because it's discussed that historically these tools businesses are making more on the tools business than they are from Amway. So when they're inflating these numbers the way that they were, they know that they're adding in the income from worldwide, but they're not disclosing that directly. And you're absolutely right. Like that is deceitful. Sure. It was at the end of every single audio, the income here may, or what is it? The income depicted may come from sources other than Amway, such as the sale (laughs) of business and training tools or outside investments. Right. And I never thought about that until now, like somebody on, on Facebook, they run another anti, they run another uh, anti MLM page. They sent it to me and we're like, Hey, I found this information, you know, it kind of might connect some dots. So their page is WWDB underscore or scam 10 Mm. out of 10 would recommend going to their pages give them a follow like they're they're awesome but otherwise like that's in my opinion from what i gather in in just some of the evidence that i've seen i truly believe most of their income is coming from 
worldwide because with yeah. with this Canadian leader who had sent us the screenshots, they're telling us how much they're making as a platinum and then how it goes up. But at Diamond, supposedly, allegedly, they get a hundred percent of what their downline are spending on their app. So imagine oh, you have a ridiculous. diamond ship that has a, a thousand people. From what I remember on the low end, you're spending 120 US dollars. I don't remember how much it was for, for Canadian. Maybe you can you can let me know, but that's yeah. that much times a thousand. That's way more than you're making from Amway. Yeah, no wonder why they're like breaking it in. That's ridiculous. Oh, I did remember what I was going to say before. You're talking about, you know, looking up to people who have success in their lives and stuff. And like when I look at my upline and when when we started in the business and now they like they were very against buying a house and we had just bought a house and we were super excited about it. And I remember my upline, Irene, just being like, wow, you're going to be just swimming in debt. And it's like, actually, no, because I know how to budget and I like I know how to manage my money properly and like don't make me feel bad for saving for a down payment for a house. So like that was really crappy. And then like they like they don't own a house like they don't have a nice car like they don't have anything that I was looking up to they don't have freedom like they're just doing I just look at them and I'm like okay they're not the example of what life I want so why would I listen yeah. to them it's exactly. just so contradictory yeah and it's I and I I remember in um, Ariel and Ksenia's episode they were the to rebellious cross line they were in bww but she she said that and and of course she kind of was like i know she's like i know i grew up in privilege but she's like i grew up in a really nice house and my parents have jobs and her her parents were actually in amway a long time ago so i like tried to warn her it was a really cool story to listen to but she said like your house is not nice and she even said like it was like really messy and just not what she'd expected and my dad said the same thing he's like why do i have a nicer house than these people in nicer cars and his cars were paid off he like had a good fraction of his house paid off like it was that perspective that I was like, yeah, I don't know. Cause they would criticize my dad the most. They'd be like, your dad's been yeah. in a job for like your entire life. Like that's not good. But in all reality, yeah. like that's amazing. Like, yes, that's they what made you me want. Feel <laughs> like my parents were not successful. And then I think about that. It's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I look at my parents and I think they're very successful. They had jobs their like their entire lives and that doesn't mean they're not successful but that's what they would input into your brains like oh yeah like don't listen to your parents because they they are living off of a pension and they're uh they're working the rest like their whole lives and stuff it's like okay but that doesn't mean they're not successful like they own a home you don't like there's many things that they have and you don't that they've done and you haven't. So like, <laughs> shut up and don't talk to, don't talk about my parents like that, first of all. And just like in yeah. general, people who have jobs, like just because you have a freaking job the whole, your whole life doesn't mean you're not successful, but right. that's what they exactly. made you think. Absolutely. They did. It's, it's yeah. so wild. So now that you're out, what does life look like now? Life is when we first got out, like the first month I was just like on a high because I was like, like life is just so amazing. And I mean, life is still so amazing. It's just, I think about Amway every once in a while, like maybe once a month on average or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I just think back like, holy crap. Like I just cringe about the things that I was doing or like, maybe I'm in a certain situation. Like I'm, like I said, going out for dinner or just in a place where there's a lot of people like going downtown to see the fireworks, something like that. That would be something that we would have to be like on alert, like, oh, get your harpoon out and start like throwing the spears and trying to find <laughs> people. Whereas now it's yeah. just like, wow, I can just sit here and if I want to talk to somebody, I can. But knowing me, I probably won't because I am an introvert. 
but it's okay. And then my husband's an extrovert. He likes to talk to people regardless. And I know that when he's talking to people, he's not dropping the message. And so I'm not embarrassed by it. Things like that. Yeah. So life is really good. We definitely have had fights when we were in the business, just like when we didn't, when we weren't on the same page, which a lot of the times we were just never on the same page because it was either like I was fired up, he wasn't. And then there was that shift. There was a period where we were both on the same page. And then there was that shift where I wasn't fired up and he was, and then I wouldn't do core. And he's like, why aren't you doing core? Don't you want to build this business? And then it would just cause all these unnecessary, like, I wouldn't say fights, but just like bickering. And like, yeah, once we got out of that, there was just, there wasn't that business holding us, holding us uh, hostage and ruining our lives. So we would be able to just be like, okay, you can do your thing. I can do my thing. And it's fine. Like we're, and we're not bickering anymore about the most pointless things. Like, so I would say life overall after Amway has been a lot better. I'm, when I look back, like, obviously I wish that we never did it, but I also, you know, it did happen. So I want to take a positive away from it. Now, the positive that I can take away is that I can recognize if something like that is coming, trying to come into my life. Because before I would maybe be way more open to opportunities like this because I just didn't know any better. But now that I've been exposed to this and just been in it, I can recognize now that, oh, that's not something I want to be a part of run the other way. So that's the positive I'm taking out of that. Which is great. And yeah, you know, it's, it is a, it's a a season in life, which is, which is okay. You know, we all, we all make decisions that at some point we kind of look back and we're like, I kind of wish I hadn't done that. Um, But the benefit too, is that, you know, uh, and hope said it really well when she talked about like this business, she's like, at the very least, you will leave with with financial tr- troubles. And it is true. We all leave a little yeah. bit with some trauma as well because yeah. it's like we were exposed to so much. We pushed our bodies to limits that were unnecessary because of maybe we were living off of Amway bars and mm. their stupid protein drinks or excess or whatever, or you were staying up till god-awful hours getting minimal amount of sleep. Like that does a number on you. And yeah. I think it's fantastic that you can take that positive away. What are some, maybe some final thoughts that you have for anybody who might be listening? I think just, you know, obviously everybody can make their own decision at the end of the day. Like you do you, but I think really just do your research. And I know that not all research is uh, plausible or is true, but just really before you get into something like this, something like Amway Worldwide Dream Builders or any other MLM for that matter, just kind of really think about, listen to people's experiences, hands-on experience, because that's where you're going to get like the true details. And, you know, do your research and just think about it. Don't jump into anything too soon because that's kind of kind of what we did. We were just so excited about the, we were so emotional about it. We were so ecstatic about it. We kind of, didn't really think about the the practical side of it and we didn't we were kind of blindsided a little bit if that makes sense so kind of do your research don't get emotionally attached to something because they will say something that you will get emotionally attached to yeah but again you do you of course but listen to people's experiences who were in Amway and make your decision from there (laughs) that's all I'm gonna say I mean, personally, if it's coming from me, don't join. Like, just avoid it. 
at all costs. But again, it's it's your choice. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And I think that's great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, for taking, you know, the time to be here and talk to the people and just being vulnerable and open about your story. Because I know sometimes it can be challenging, especially like looking back, if you have like a level of embarrassment or like, oh my gosh, you kind of cringe. So thank you for enduring yeah. those emotions, which it's okay. I've been yeah, there. Yeah, no, thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you guys are out there and you guys want to share a story, please DM me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. You guys can catch me on TikTok with the same handle. Um, podcast, you guys can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you want to share a story, come here. doesn't even have to be MLM related. It could be anything. We're just here to spread awareness. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you again. And we'll catch everybody on the next episode. Perfect. Thank you.